Welcome to eBible Fellowship's Sunday Bible Study. For broadcast times in your area of these studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now it's time to begin our Sunday study with your speaker, Chris McCann. Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship Sunday Afternoon Bible Study. Today is study number two of Daniel chapter three. And we're going to read from Daniel 3, beginning in verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, whose height was threescore cubits, and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dora, in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, and captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. I'll stop reading there. Now, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream in the previous chapter of a great image, and Daniel interpreted the dream. Well, first Daniel had to tell him the dream because it was gone from him, but Daniel, by God's grace, as God revealed it to him, was able to know the dream and then interpret the dream. And the dream was of, again, a great image. And in the interpretation, Daniel said this to King Nebuchadnezzar. In uh, verse 38, at the end of the verse, Thou art this head of gold. Daniel told the king through the uh, interpretation given to him by God that the image had everything to do with Nebuchadnezzar himself. So we're not surprised, we're not surprised at all, that in the very next chapter, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. Thou art this head of gold. He did not make it uh, with all the various parts or or metals that were uh, interpreted to him in the dream. That would have been very difficult to do. And after all, he's primarily concerned with himself. And 
and he's the image of gold, so he makes a golden image, basically making the whole image after himself. And and so the building of the image was commissioned sometime after Daniel provides the interpretation to the king. It, it stays on the king's mind, and he determines, I'm going to make an image. And really, we can see God's um, hand involved in all this, because it, who was it that revealed the dream to Nebuchadnezzar, and then also revealed the interpretation of the dream that involved an image, that involved himself as being the head of gold. It, it was all done at the revelation of God, and by God's revelation, by God showing the king uh, these things through his prophet Daniel, it really led to King Nebuchadnezzar designing um, and having built this image of gold. And, you know, we can see God's hand at work, really, in all things that happen in this world, and in Satan's activities, as well as sinful man's activities. Not that God uh, is any way the author of sin, or caused Satan to sin, but God allowed Satan to sin right from the very beginning. When when he was an angel and fell, well, that was only by the permissive hand of God. None of the other, well, some other angels fell that became demons, but a good number of angels did not fall because God restrained them and kept them faithful. And so God permitted Satan from the very beginning to tempt Adam and Eve and and from that point uh, the evil being Satan really performs his role that that serves the will of God as as there needed to be an adversary an enemy and an evil king ruling over the enemy kingdom that is in opposition to the kingdom of heaven well, Satan was it. And and God also allowed Satan um, basically to have uh, freedom, tremendous freedom, prior to the cross, where he could bind the hearts of men. And then the Lord did bind him, limiting uh, his abilities throughout the church age. But then, once again, God loosed Satan and... The Lord just simply lifted his hand of restraint, and Satan uh, had uh, had freedom, tremendous freedom once again to work in the world and to be a, a great ruler over his kingdom of darkness. And all is done according to the will of God and according to God's timetable for his um, salvation program according to times and seasons that the Lord himself worked out. And, and so this building of the image 
is done by the permissive will of God. It is all according to the will of God. Now, for some time, King Nebuchadnezzar had to, again, commission the image to be built. He had his people working on it. They they would have drew uh, images, um, like blueprints, gotten approval from the king. Then, finally, the task of actually building it would have taken some time. This was a very large image. It says its height was three score cubits. That's 60 cubits. And the breadth thereof, six cubits. And a cubit is traditionally thought to be a foot and a half. So 60 cubits would be 90 feet tall. And six cubits, the breadth would have been um, nine feet wide. So this is a very large statue image of gold that that was built and they could not have built it overnight. They certainly would have taken care in constructing it, uh, knowing King Nebuchadnezzar that he would not suffer uh, any mistakes gladly at all. They, they would have done it with precision and, and care. And, and, and so it would have taken some time. We don't know how long it was from the time Nebuchadnezzar had his dream until the time the image was finally completed. But it would have been some time, weeks, maybe months, maybe a year. We, we don't know. But again, uh, it would not have been the next day. There would have had to have been some passing of time. And likewise, when we see how this relates to the end of time and, and to the, the actual image of the beast that, uh, the Bible speaks of in, in the book of Revelation, we realize that that image of the beast was not something that just happened overnight. In Revelation chapter 13, we read, beginning in verse 14, And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the Mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Well, here, the beast, and the beast is a name given to Satan specifically for 
the time of his rule during the Great Tribulation period. And it's very obvious when we read this passage in Revelation chapter 13 that it's drawing from Daniel chapter 3 and King Nebuchadnezzar's image. We see um, just unmistakable similarities. First of all, an image of the beast, an image of King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar is a, a historical figure that typifies Satan, and Satan is the beast. So there's um, the first similarity. And we we also read that it was commanded that all were to worship the beast. There were no exceptions. Everyone was to worship the image of the beast. And if anyone did not worship the image of the beast, they should be killed. And it's the same thing historically in Daniel chapter 3. The time you hear the music, everyone has to fall down and worship the image of, not the beast, but the image of Nebuchadnezzar, the golden image the king had set up. And and uh, actually, it doesn't say it's a, as far as I uh, remember, it doesn't say it's an actual image of Nebuchadnezzar. It just says it's the image he set up. So we're not um, sure exactly what the image was of, um, but it it has everything to do with him. Uh, it belongs to Nebuchadnezzar. It's his image in ownership. Uh, he's the one who commissioned it and so forth. So it completely identifies with him, even if it were not the very image of him as far as some portrait, but it could have been. We we just don't read that. Well, we see similarity that there is an image of the beast, an image of Nebuchadnezzar, a type of Satan. All are commanded to fall down and worship. Any who fail to do so will be killed. Anyone who would not worship Nebuchadnezzar's image was to be thrown into the midst of a burning fiery furnace and it it was a certainty that if you're thrown into that furnace you will die Uh, well uh, everyone thought it was a certainty and yet of course um, it wasn't the case with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and and also we have a similarity in number in number in Revelation 13 verse 18 here is wisdom Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Six, six, six is the number that is associated with the beast, that is the number not of a man, that's a mistranslation, but it should be the number of man. Man in general, not a specific man, but mankind. And uh, that would be the number of unsaved mankind is 666. And that number uh, is is interesting uh, because if it 
it, when you break it down, it's 3 times 6 times 37. And 3 in the Bible points to purpose. The number 6 points to work. As God works six days to create, the seventh day he rested. So the number six, when we encounter it in the Bible, often points to work. There were six water pots that that Jesus turned into wine, the water into wine. And again, he was performing work. And, and illustrating the work of God in creation. N- number six points to work. Number 37 points to judgment. It is the purpose of God that he will bring every evil work of man into judgment. And the image of the beast that is um, formed that is has been made and it is being worshipped during the time of the Great Tribulation, well, uh, that is indicating that at the point that, that the Lord, the Spirit of God, comes out of the midst of the churches and congregations, and Satan's evil spirit ascends the throne and takes his seat, to rule in the churches and congregations of the world, well, then, there is no more grace. There is no more salvation by the grace of God possible within any church in all the world, and that only leaves them with a gospel of works, their own works. And and so they continue to... Uh, teach the Bible and, and the problem, uh, all along for many of the denominations and many of the churches has been to teach the congregation that, uh, there is salvation through works that they can perform. Here is how you get saved, they tell people. Here is what you must do. Do these things. Um, be baptized or, or say a sinner's prayer, uh, accept Christ, walk down the aisle, be baptized, continue to partake of the Lord's table, continue to be a member in good standing, perform these works and you are saved. And, and, and so uh, the church world beginning on May 21, 1988, at the end of the church age, when the Spirit of God departed and Satan's spirit began to rule, from that point until the completion of the Great Tribulation, and actually afterwards until present our present time, the church and the church is the image of the beast, the corporate church, the churches and congregations that are on our local street corners are that image that was made to the beast, to Satan, as when one is made in the image of another, like mankind was in the image of God when created. Well, when Satan, the father of lies, 
uh, again enters into the church to rule, to take his seat as the man of sin, then the church, with no, without the Spirit of God to help them and protect them uh, any longer, takes on or is conformed to the image of Satan, and his number one characteristic is he's a liar. He he is a liar from the beginning. He's the father of lies. And the churches, it doesn't matter what denomination, Catholic, Protestant, Episcopalian, Presbyterian, um, you name it, whatever church that you can think of, independent churches, uh, house churches, any church that is a church and is following the guidelines for a church that that constitutes a corporate church. Every single church in the world doesn't again doesn't matter which country, what language they speak, or anything else. If they are a church, they have become part of the image of the beast, and and they are remade after. The, the one who rules over them, that is, they have become an entirely false gospel that proclaims lies. Their very existence as a church after God has ended the church age is a lie. When, when a church advertises the church of Christ, we are the church that belongs to Jesus, and that's a lie. When churches tell people come um, to our church this Sunday to worship God, that's a lie. Because God is not present to receive their worship. He's not the one being worshipped. When churches say, come and bring your family to be blessed, that's a lie. There are no more spiritual blessings in the churches and congregations of the world. When churches tell people, this is how you get saved and can enter into heaven, that's a lie, because there's no more salvation from the moment the Holy Spirit came out of the midst. And and we can go on and on and on, not to mention all of the numerous, the many false doctrines the churches had already, for hundreds of years in some cases, been involved with. There, there's lies in the churches spoken concerning a woman's role as, as women are teaching and exercising authority over the congregation. There is lies concerning um, uh, qualifications for deacons and elders. There, there is lies concerning marriage and divorce. There are lies about speaking in tongues, falling over backwards, holy laughter, and on and on and on. It, it is a truly an image after the beast. It is a lying image. And we know it must be the church that is spoken of as the image to the beast because um, going back to Revelation 13, uh, we read concerning the image, 
in verse 15, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So the image is said to have life and to have the ability to speak. Now, it cannot be an actual image because statues do not have life and they cannot speak. It it must be some other kind of image that is a living organism. And how many times have we heard that from pastors themselves the church is not the building the church is a living body and and it is that living organism the body the corporate body of professed christians that church that exists that that became the image of satan as God turned it over into his hands for their destruction. And it is that church, that that image, that also speaks Sunday after Sunday when the pastor or the priest or, or whoever climbs into the pulpit and greets the congregation and turns in the Bible to a passage and begins to speak. And, and what are they speaking? What are these individuals speaking? Well, they are, first of all, emissaries of Satan. They, they come as he in light, as Satan is an angel of light, and his emissaries as ministers of righteousness, we're told in 2 Corinthians 11. And so they speak forth lies. And, and here's one of the lies, as God makes reference to it in Ezekiel chapter 13. He says in verse 22, and he's speaking to um, individuals within Israel or Judah of old, but they typify the New Testament church and congregation, especially at the time of the Great Tribulation. In Ezekiel 13 verse 22, because with lies you have made the heart of the righteous sad, whom I have not made sad, and strengthened the hands of the wicked, that he should not return from his wicked way by promising him life. Yes, that's what um, the pastors, that's what the elders and the deacons do. They promise people life. They say, come, come and worship in our church. And this is the way to heaven. You just stay with us. We've set a course. We're sailing for the promised land. And, and yeah, bring your family. Bring your little ones. And tell your friends. Everyone come. And we, we have a very nice church and and everyone's friendly, and, and we have barbecues, and, uh, you know, uh, we, we always have a nice time after the service. Uh, sometimes we, we go to the pastor's house and watch the football game afterwards in the afternoon. Just come on. We'll, we'll have a wonderful time. We'll enjoy ourselves in our, um, our wonderful Christian life, and we'll enjoy the world 
as Christians, and then at the end, we're going to heaven. It's all a bunch of lies. It's all pure deceit. It, it is, um, as God also points out, uh, picking up this same thought in Second Peter, in Second Peter chapter two, he says, um, "Well, I'm going to read a, a passage here, beginning in verse twelve. But these, as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption." and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime, spots they are in blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings, while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, a heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way, and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozer, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through much wantonness, those who are clean escape from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome of the same as he brought in bondage. They promise life. They promise liberty, deliverance from sin. They, they use the Bible's language and yet, it, it, it's all, um, it, it's all lies. It's all lies. God is not with them. God's Spirit is not there to bless the Word any longer. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. And, and so, if, if the Holy Spirit is not there to open the ear, to uh, to grant the faith, there will be no salvation. There will be no life, and and this is the um, awful thing that already has happened. It's already passed. It's already uh, several years ago now. The Great Tribulation has come and gone. Twenty-three years have elapsed. We're in the time after the tribulation, so we can see it very well. We, we can see how it all worked out. And, and, and so the image of the beast was made. Satan worked on that image over the course of the whole church age, 1955 years. He sowed tares amongst the wheat. His emissaries infiltrated all the denominations, and they advance like good soldiers up the the line. They uh, they started off as a member. Uh, they became a deacon, moved on to an elder. Many became pastors. They became 
the professors of seminaries, they became bishops and, and even popes, they became uh, the church authorities, they were the men in power, and and and, and then once a position in authority and power, well then the changes in doctrine began to occur. Oh, we we don't let's reconsider this, and and the consideration wasn't let's compare scripture to scripture and see what the Holy Spirit determines. The consideration was what is the best thing for the church and what will bring more membership and how is the world perceiving what we're doing here? Very earthly, worldly, natural-minded thinking because that was the nature of these men. And, And so Satan was at work building his image over the course of the church age until finally when we get to the end of the church age, at the very time God's Spirit goes out, well, then the abomination that maketh desolate was set up. Remember, it says in Daniel 12 and in verse 11, and from the time that the daily shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Uh, notice the similarity in language of the abomination that maketh desolate set up, and what we read in Daniel chapter three concerning the image that King Nebuchadnezzar set up. That was repeated a few times. That Nebuchadnezzar's image was set up, and. The, the image that Revelation 13 speaks of was set up the moment the daily, and the daily has everything to do with the light of the gospel, and the light of the gospel has everything to do with the Spirit of God. So the daily is taken away by God himself. There's no more light. There, there's no more uh, Spirit of God in any church. And simultaneously... The abomination that maketh desolate is set up. That is, the image of the beast was ready. All of the emissaries of Satan were in the place where they needed to be. The uh, multitudes of tares were the ones that were filling the congregations of the world. And, and so the image was already finished. It was completed. Really, we could look at the beginning of the Great Tribulation, the first day when judgment began on the house of God, when God began judging the churches after that almost 2,000 years of a church age. From the very first day, the image was completed the church, the corporate body, was remade in the image and likeness of Satan, the beast. And it was ready for worship. It was ready for worship. We could look at that first day as the dedication day. And we read of Nebuchadnezzar's image 
this is all uh, at a time that uh, it's being dedicated. It says in verse 2, the Nebuchadnezzar the king, in Daniel 3 verse 2, sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And this word used for dedication is also used in Ezra for when they they dedicated the house of God. In Ezra chapter 6, when the house was finished, then a dedication took place. And in Nehemiah, when Nehemiah finished building the wall after 52 days, they had a dedication of the completed wall of Jerusalem. So the dedication is is performed at a time when the project has been completed. And, and again, it is signaling here, spiritually pointing to the the removal of the Spirit of God, the entry of Satan, and uh, as he, for the first time ever, he's he's always been uh, in the churches. He's the, he's that enemy sowing the tares. He's always been active, uh, even while bound uh, over the course of the church age. He was still instrumental in stirring up trouble against the truth and and um, in persecuting the people of God. Just just uh, consider um, the events of the Reformation when um, the Bible was translated and and put into the language of the people in the English language, and it was other individuals within the corporate church within the church um, authority structure that were coming against that very idea of the Bible being in the language of the people. They they saw that as some sort of heresy. And, and so they arrested the people of God, and, and some of them probably were not elect, but many of them were God's elect. They arrested them, they found them guilty, and they put a good number of them to death. And and that's during the church age. That's when God's Spirit was still working in the midst of the churches and congregations. How could that have happened? Because Satan was at work all through the the 1955-year period, and he could turn a whole denomination like the Catholic church which was the biggest denomination and he could turn individual churches uh, from the truth to a lie they they could become false gospels other kinds of gospels and and uh, God's spirit could uh, turn over a denomination or a church but when we understand that the spirit of God was in the midst and operating in the church world, it, it, it does not mean that everything was, was perfect and, and everything, um, every church had, um, a gospel in, in which the Spirit of God was working to save. 
No, Satan was very active, very busy. And it just means that within churches, not all churches, but within the corporate church, that's where you could find God's Spirit. But you you may not find him in this particular denomination or this particular church. So you, you had to look around, just just as we're familiar with it in past uh, decades. You... you you could have um, faithful Reformed churches during the church age, and and a church down the street could be way off course. Well, uh, Satan was actively working, actively going about seeking whom he could devour throughout the whole history of the church. But then finally, uh, he he got his his great desire. As, as God in His wisdom, the wisdom of God. And, you know, we, we can see the wisdom of God. It, it's not often pleasant. It can be very grievous. But in the wisdom of God, the whole corporate church was turned over to Satan. It is what he longed for. It, it was his chief aim to rule in every church. To turn every church. He was trying to do it one by one over the course of the church age. And now he had it. He obtained his desire. And, 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 you know, the Bible paints a picture. Uh, we, we can't help but see or understand how if, uh, an evil being like Satan could be happy, how happy he must have been on that day when he came up out of the bottomless pit, when the beast came up out of the sea, and an image was made to him, an image that had life, that could speak, and he took his seat within the church world. He sat down upon the throne and began to rule showing himself that he is God. This is what he wanted. He always wanted to be worshipped, to have mankind, mankind made in the very image of the real God, of, of the almighty, everlasting God. God made a creature in his own image, and after his own likeness, and uh, know ye not, it says in the Psalms, you're gods. Because of that incredible characteristic or uh, to be designed and formed and made in the image of the almighty God. And that's when the evil thought entered into Satan's mind. We don't know how that is. It's a mystery how a good angel, as all were created good, could fall into sin. But but it happened according to God's permissive will. And the thought came, if I can get this creature that is made in God's own likeness to worship me, to fall down to me, then I would be God. I would be like God. And so he he hatched his plan. 
he went into the Garden of Eden, um, uh, indwelling the serpent, and he began to talk. And what did he speak but lies to Eve? And ye will not surely die. God does know in the day you eat thereof ye shall be as what? As gods. Uh, let me see if that's, if I remember that correctly. In Genesis chapter 3, it says in verse 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. You see, the devil, Satan, he um, tempted Eve with the same temptation that he himself had fallen for. Satan wanted to be his God. That was his desire, his reason for doing this. And so it was such an appealing thing to him, himself, that he he naturally um, thought, well, this will also be appealing to mankind. And it, it is, it, man has fallen for the same trap, the same uh, evil thought and desire to want to be like God. And, and so, finally at the end, God allows Satan to, in, for a short little season of great tribulation, to obtain that desire. All right, we're going to go back now to Daniel chapter 3, and we'll pick up in verse 4. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Well, as we've seen, this image is an image that identifies with the image of the corporate church. The the corporate church will take on uh, the likeness of Satan in proclaiming lies adhering to lies during the entire Great Tribulation period. It is a living image that speaks, and any who do not worship that image are to be killed. They are driven out of the church, and and the Bible likens being driven out of the synagogue or church uh, to being killed. And, and so um, it's interesting that in verse 4 of Daniel 3, this bowing down, falling down to worship the image was uh, keyed to the sounding of these musical instruments. And we read there's a cornet, a flute, a harp, a sackbut, a psaltery, a dulcimer. Six musical instruments. And just like the image that Nebuchadnezzar set up was three score were 60 cubits in height and six cubits in breadth. Number six, 60 is six times ten. It involves work, 
Number six, incompleteness, the completed work, completed work of unsaved mankind. And six again, uh, pointing to work. It, this is all done, uh, the, the image itself, the, the image is made of again, the living organism of a corporate body that has been constructed by man's work. It, it's not the, the actual spiritual body of Christ. It, it's not that body that is comprised of only elect. The corporate body is an earthly organization that has gained membership. Uh, People have come into the church through work, work that the church encourages them to do, work that they perform. Therefore, the image of the beast, the uh, hundreds of millions of people that profess to be Christians at the time of the end, when Satan takes over rule of the church, is an image that uh, that totally identifies with work. It it is not by Christ's faith, and and isn't it interesting that God does make that a priority doctrine? He emphasizes that salvation is by the faith of Jesus Christ, not the works of man by. By works, no man is justified. That verse in Galatians 2.16 comes to the light. It comes to be understood for the first time at a time when the corporate church is completely identified with works, with, with gospels, a free will gospel, and, and, and with, with everything that emphasizes the work that men do in order to become saved. And that's no coincidence or accident. That's God's hand and the false gospels that that uh, encourage people to do even the littlest bit of work. They come under the judgment of God. The judgment of God upon the house of God, the corporate church, at the time of the Great Tribulation is a judgment upon the image of the beast and the image of the beast is is strongly identified with the number in Revelation 666 and with the number here of the image of King Nebuchadnezzar, 60 cubits in height, 6 cubits in breadth. The number 6 is again and again uh, indicated, and even with the sounding of the musical instruments. Six musical instruments. Now, the musical instruments are uh, repeated, or uh, they're restated, in four different verses. In verse 5, they're listed. In verse 7, they're listed. In verse 10, they're listed. And in verse 15, they're listed. Four different times. In three of those verses, all six are listed just as we have in verse 5. In one verse, verse 7, only five are listed. And we wonder, well, why would why would the one, it's the dulcimer, be left out? Well, because if we count them up, we have 6 plus 6 plus 6 plus 5, and it equals 23. 
And, and so God left one out in order to give us the number 23. It's at the sounding of the musical instruments. At what time you hear the sound of the cornet and flute and so forth. When the moment you hear the, the musical instrument play, then you fall down in worship. It is officially beginning the great tribulation. And, and again, it's right at the point of that transition when the daily, the spirit of God leaves, the abomination is set up. It's at the very moment God's spirit leaves from the midst of the church, the church becomes a harlot. At that very moment, the whole of the corporate body. I remember there used to be discussion and people would say, well, how do you know? How do you know there's not a faithful church somewhere out there? You haven't been to every church, have you? You haven't visited every church, even if you visited hundreds. There are um, possibly millions of churches in the world. And, and you can't know. There's no way you can know that every single church in the world is under the power of Satan. And, and it, it, you can't know they're all unfaithful. Well, yes, you can. And it's very simple. Because the church was counted faithful... As long as Christ's Spirit was in the midst, the very moment, the very second that the Spirit of Christ departed out and left the church, instantaneously, the whole corporate body became like a harlot. It, it became unfaithful. It was remade in the image of Satan. There's no doubt about it. There, There's no question about it. You don't have to know what every church is teaching. Yes, there there could have been Reformed churches teaching some um, accurate doctrines, and, and they would point to these accurate doctrines and say, see, we're still the people of God. We're still faithful. Well, no. No, you're not. No, you're not. It, it, because God has ended the church age. If you were faithful, you wouldn't be a church. And then, now as we're learning more about faithful and true doctrine, as God has opened up uh, the faith of Christ, you're not going to find any church that's a part of the corporate church that teaches accurately, truthfully, on salvation regarding the faith of Christ. No, no, they're all have a little bit of works. They Some try to hide it more than others. And some try to hide it with Calvin and and um, uh, language of predestination and election. And, and they'll speak of the grace of God uh, to their blue in the face. And yet, at some point, they slip a little work in. Well, yeah, it's all by God predestinates, God elects, and you have to believe. And they'll, they'll sneak that in there. And because the entire corporate body has been remade after the image of the evil one, and it is all a result of the works of man. Any that are of um, the grace of God, any truly saved, were called out. They were commanded to depart out of the churches 
And they did. They left, leaving all within. Uh, Again, those that uh, became Christian as a result of one work or another of some sort. Well, the 23 musical instruments sound pointing to the 23-year Great Tribulation. The number 23 identifies strongly with Great Tribulation. Remember, uh, which is really fascinating, that this fact is really fascinating, that there were three kings of Israel who ruled over the um, 12 tribes. There was Saul, David, and Solomon. But then, after Solomon, God divided the nation, and there were 20 more kings of Israel in the north, Then they were destroyed by the Assyrians. Well, if you start with the three who ruled over the entire 12 tribes, plus 20, it was at the 23rd king of Israel that the Assyrians conquered the nation of Israel. And then also, after Solomon, there were 20 more kings of Judah. And at the 23rd king of Judah, Judah was destroyed, taken by the Babylonians, and and so forth. So, it, it is that a coincidence that after 23 kings, Israel in the north is destroyed. After 23 kings, Judah in the south is destroyed. No, no. And and at the sounding of these musical instruments, and God just happens to count them out to the number 23, then. There is worship given to the beast. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship Sunday Bible Study. For more information or to hear additional Bible studies, be sure to visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com.